This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, what is going on? Welcome to a live edition of the Silver and Black Today postgame show. And boy, after the first half, I thought this would be a much different show, as I'm sure you did. But the Raiders stunned in overtime. And uh, it's hard to put words to it, but we're going to attempt to do that. And joining me tonight, as always, my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with the Voice of the Fan uh, reaction. And also joining me tonight is my good friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Uh, and Murph, we're going to go to you. Murph is actually not on video today. He's out traveling on business. Uh, so he's joining us live by phone and he just told us he's trying to stay away from bridges and you can understand why, but Murph, uh, this is a hard one, man. This is, uh, something that I haven't seen in years. I know Raider fans, uh, have, uh, <laughs> unfortunately over the last 30 years, seen some pretty epic collapses. Uh, but this one more fresh, this one coming at a time where optimism is high Tell me your initial reaction. Uh, what's going through your head right now as a Raiders fan? Well, Scott, I think I'm going to uh, request the highest floor possible at the hotel because I want to make sure I get the job done when I jump. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's absolute. I mean, it's, it's beyond devastating, you know, and I try to keep sports in context and I try to keep all this stuff in, in, in the right perspective and not let it dictate my emotion. But I think anybody that's a fan of this team, to watch and to, in, in my case, listen to most of the game on NFL Plus, to listen to what we what we did, it's I, I just don't understand. It doesn't make any damn sense. We've got all the tools in the world. We've got all the weapons in the world. We've surrounded Derek Carr with everything possible to, to, to lead to his success. And I'm not going to pin the entirety of the game on, on Derek, and I'm sure we'll get into more of it. But like, it's just the idea that we can't take command of a of a game where we've got that huge of a lead and get the damn job done. I just and everyone is at fault. There's not anybody I think that escapes criticism 
in this one. There's nobody that should be apologized for, you know, can't get the ball into the damn end zone when it's, you know, when, when you got it in the red zone, it, you know, gosh, damn, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know how else to come away from this other than feeling completely jilted because it's like this team is a team that shouldn't do this. We've seen Raider teams do this before, but those teams sucked. This team doesn't <laughs> suck. So how come we're still sucking? Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. guy. Well, yeah. And, and you're right. Listen, plenty of blame to go around, including with the coaching uh, including the defense being on the field so long. You talk about the offense and Evan Grote. Uh, Evan, the, the Raiders had 48 yards of offense in the second half during regulation. Uh, that was when they led 20 to then seven. They had a 20 to nothing lead at one point, 20 to seven, and then they scored a field goal in the third quarter, 23 to seven, and then lose 29 to 23. Tell me your fresh instant reaction to this loss and what you saw. Well, it's absolutely unacceptable to, to lose that game at home. At home, you got to keep that keep that in mind. This game was at home. They had a 20 to nothing lead at the half, as you mentioned, uh, really just dominating the game. I mean, I was tweeting throughout the game. Raiders were pretty much doing what they wanted to do on offense. The defense looked good, uh, really making Kyler Murray look bad. And then, you know, it was a tale of two halves. They come out in the second half. And I and I, I really think the coaching showed up in the second half. I thought the, the Cardinals and, and Cliff Kingsbury did a nice job of making some adjustments to get Kyler Murray going a little bit, um, using his legs a little bit more on offense. And as you saw, he made many, many plays. And, you know, obviously he was the difference in the game. I mean, he completely took that game over. Um, and it was the defense was on the field for far too long. I believe the Cardinals ran over 50 plays in the second half of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. So the defense was gassed, couldn't get off the field. And the offense didn't help him out. 19 plays the entire second half of the game. So it, it's, a, it's a bad loss. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's just unacceptable at home. Yeah, Murph, I, I thought that too. I mean, we, you have to talk about the play on the field and players who didn't execute and all of that. But boy, the second half, the coaching uh, offensively got really tight to start the second half when they went out there on their first possession. Uh, you, you, you called it out. They didn't convert in the red zone again. And, and as our good friend Fabian always likes to say, minus four on that. So you're leaving four points off the board there. Um, and then defense, I, listen, the defense had its moments but when you're on the field that long, how can you expect them to keep it up when you're when you have 51 plays of offense by the Cardinals to your offense's own 18? Uh, it's it's hard to keep those guys going, Murph, when you're out there that long. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can we can pin a lot of that on the, on the defense, but too. But like, but it's very symbiotic. Symbiotic is that the right word? Whatever the word is. With what's the other side of the the, the end of the yang is that the offense couldn't stay on the freaking field. Yeah. And like, and that's the part that I just I don't understand the the conservative nature of the play calling in the second half and why they tightened up so much when. You know, we're going into halftime. I remember the, the, they just kept flashing through my head after halftime. Like, we got to get after them. We got to put our, you know, put our proverbial foot on their throats and close the damn thing out and to tighten up the way that they did and, and, and all of a sudden not be able to stay on the, on the field on, on offense. And then, yeah, and then the, the defense gets gashed a few times. Can't close out. What, tell me this too, Scott, and, and, uh, and this is on the defense too, big time. Like, what happened to all that clean football we saw in the preseason? What happened to all that penalty-free 
play we saw from the Raiders on both sides of the ball, and now we got penalties flying all over the place. Oh, like it's an old good old-fashioned Raider team again. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, it's, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't get the inconsistency. Are you? We, we revamped everything from the front office of the coaching staff, kept our core players, had all these key acquisitions, and it's the same old Raider football. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it was it was remarkable. I mean, listen, they come out in the first half, and again, Evan mentioned it, a tale of two halves. The first half, they came out. Offense looked good to start. You know, Derek Carr was moving the ball around to different guys. Josh Jacobs was running the ball. And then you get in the second half again, and it just seemed to all collapse on itself. It seemed as though perhaps they were they had this big lead and they kind of packed it in and said, you know, we're going to be really conservative now. You can't do that in the NFL. And they learned it the hard way because now you see the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals were a desperate team. What happens when you put a desperate animal in the corner? They're going to scratch, claw, fight, do whatever they can, gouge your eyes out to get out of that corner because they want to save their season because we all know, again, I'll remind you, Teams, since the, the, the league has gone to 14-team expanded playoffs, teams that have started 0-2 have never made the playoffs. So everybody knew what was at, 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 at stake here. The Cardinals came out, and they started flinging the ball. They made adjustments. Evan, you mentioned it. Cliff Kingsbury, who's taken a lot of hits lately with the way his team started last week, he made adjustments. They completely neutralized, and as, as Murph said, partly because the offense was never on the field for the Raiders, uh, there was fatigue, but they neutralized Max Crosby in the second half. Max Crosby was an animal in the first half. It was the Max Crosby we expect. Chandler Jones was no factor yet again in the second game of the season. So there was no pass rush. There was nothing up the middle. Nothing was happening to stop Kyler Murray in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I don't want to be too hard on some of these players, but you got some highly paid players on both sides of the ball. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Derek Carr, uh, Devontae Adams on offense. At what point do one of these guys step up and make a play? And, and, and I criticized them, um, Crosby and, and Jones, a bit last week for, you know, not really making some big impact plays. Once again, didn't have the impact plays again. That's when you need those high-priced stars, your your pro bowlers, future Hall of Famer with, with Jones. You need those guys to step up and make plays, game-changing plays. And, and we just didn't see it. And, and the same goes for, for offense. Devontae Adams, two catches today. I mean, the, the, you know, so so those those big-time players did not show up today when you needed them to make plays. Yeah, Murph, you know, we talked last week about how Devontae Adams was so the focus of Derek Carr uh, and Derek talked about forcing it and doing too much. And now it went the complete opposite the other way. Uh, and and that seemed to be strange, too. There just seemed to be, again, and I don't understand it to your point about how the preseason went. Now, these guys didn't start in the preseason or play in the preseason. But with all that has been talked about and all that we have seen uh, from Josh McDaniels and this team, to see them go out and play and still see there's a lot of lack. It seems like a lack of communication, a lack of cohesiveness and consistency. It's really hard to understand, especially you're coming home. You, you lose that tough game to the Chargers. You don't look great, so you focus on things this week. You get out there. Your offensive line played much better in that first half, no doubt about it. Uh, even with Dylan Parham, the rookie, at center with Andre James out, it's just perplexing to understand. It might take us a few days and watching the game a couple more times, as painful as that could be, to figure out what happened. 
Yeah, again, go go back to it. Just feels like like same old Raider stuff that we've been watching for years. But I, I, it's doesn't make sense because of all the different changes. You know, for for coaching staff that's being heralded as the you know the kings of adjustments. Gosh, we certainly see him getting out adjusted by the coaching staff from across the the, the field there. So it, it, I'm with you, and and the, the the breakdown of communications, and I, and and I'm going to float some out there too. Like you know, I, I'm I'm. Oh. Target, um, and, and I and I think that it, you know we can um, focus our our ire on Derek at times and not look at the broader picture that's going on. But but seriously, like, like at this point now, like at, when do we have to consider all of the things that have gone on? He's the quarterback. He's the leader. He's the one that's responsible for all these things. At what point do we just got to start looking at it and taking a hard look at maybe? You know, I don't want to say he's the problem, but he certainly doesn't seem to be the solution at this point. Wow. That's strong coming from Murph. And Murph, you know what? And Evan, I'll get your point of view on this, too. And it's not it's not just an emotional thing here. I think I think you look at what happened uh, uh, tonight and you see what happened with Derek Carr in that second half. Yes, play calling. Definitely. We talked about that. We, th- we think it got way too conservative. But at the same time, there were just there was a lack of a lack, I think, of, of of cohesiveness for the quarterback. We saw at the end there, he almost threw a pick in overtime there. And then, of course, Hunter Renfro with his second fumble in overtime that gets run back for the touchdown as the game winner. Uh, we talked a lot about, Mo and I did, Evan, about Josh McDaniels having this team focused and on target, disciplined in that preseason. And Murph is right. It seemed that way. Uh, and then last week we saw that go uh, rye. And this, again, it's not all on Derek Carr, but Derek Carr certainly in the second half looked like a different guy than he did in the first half. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned the lack of discipline. Ten penalties tonight for 68 yards. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I think is an issue right now um, is what is the identity on offense? I I still can't tell what it is that like what is the bread and butter on this team? And you got plenty of of pass catchers. You got great weapons. I I would have thought that would have been your bread and butter. And and I you know you didn't quite see that today. You, you saw them trying to establish the run game. Josh Jacobs had 19 carries. I thought he ran the ball well tonight. Uh, you know, ran the ball hard, showed some shiftiness and things like that. But I, I just feel like this team lacks an identity like what is it that they that they want to do on offense and you know I think more of that responsibility obviously goes on the play caller and, and I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed right now with with Josh McDaniels I, I have to say I know it's a, a small sample size two games but I was expecting a lot more uh, f- from him you're still seeing issues in the red zone and, and that's been a, an ongoing problem with this team for many years and it's been an area and I know last year the Patriots were very good so I was expecting to see, see, see some improvements there uh, but we're we're not seeing those things happen quite yet after two games. Murph, yeah, what's your point on that? I mean, you know, we could talk about the players not executing, and and certainly in the second half especially, players did not execute. Uh, And again, I'm not making excuses, but that defense was on the field a long time, uh, and we had some players who actually played well at times on that defense. 
But when you look at this overall situation uh, with the coaching, and as we mentioned, Josh McDaniels, um, I've been underwhelmed because it's been inconsistent. The first half, some of the plays were, were great. I thought they really used the imagination and the personnel well. They spread the ball out. They did all kinds of things. Uh, uh, Evan mentioned the, the rushing of Josh Jacobs. They even got Zamir White in there. Abdullah got in there with a nice play. So they were using that personnel. And then in the second half, I felt like it was, it was John Gruden in the last two minutes of a game that they led by three points. Amen. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, and I think that in, in even to further that and then kind of go with, to what, uh, to the identity uh, point is that at least with Gruden, we knew what the identity was. It was that West coast offense. It was that spread it out so they could get the defenders out to the perimeters and then run the ball. And then, you know what I mean? Like we knew about all that kind of stuff, but yeah, I'm with you. So to see that, the conservatism that happened there and then without the like seemingly a lack of plan or cohesion, just really weird. And I think that's the stuff that shows up in the red zone. Like think about how frustrating it was when we had Marcus Mariota uh, on this football team and we couldn't come up with something creative for him to do in the red zone. Even when we had guys like Darren Waller on the team, like, you know, it was always fascinating to me that there was never more of a plan there. And we even heard Waller make those comments this off season about how he didn't have like a plan under Gruden's offense in the red zone. Well, here we are again. And like you said, we've got one of the most creative minds there is in modern day football. And the guy can't come up with something creative to do in the red zone to help us put it in. I, I, again, it goes back to it's just I don't understand. Like, and I'm I understand these guys are smarter uh, and know a hell of a lot more about football than I do. But the optics of it, why do the yeah. optics not change? What the hell is it that we can't get out of our own way? And you know, because I, I heard a lot of comparisons to the um, in the first half about what the Raiders were doing to the Cardinals versus what the Chiefs did to the Cardinals last week, and except and the big but. They were scoring touchdowns. That's the difference. If <laughs> yeah. we'd have punched any of those, you know what I mean? You think about what a different complexion this game has yeah. if instead of those field goals, we're punching one or two of those into the end zone. Well, and that brings up another good point, gents, which is the fact that um, you, you have to, what the Chiefs do, and you saw it the other night too, is when they get a lead, they don't get conservative. Uh, Andy Reid does the opposite. He keeps going, right? Uh, and he keeps going. He pu- He pushes on. He runs creative offensive plays to build the lead, not hold a lead. Okay. Now I'm not talking about the last five minutes of game where you got a 14 point lead and you start getting crazy. I'm talking about going into the second half with a 20 point lead, knowing you have a dynamic quarterback, no matter what you think about the Cardinals, the Cardinals defense is pretty trash. It's not very good. We had a guest on this week who talked about it. It's a disaster. It's a mess. The fact that the Raiders' offense couldn't stay on the field in the second half, I believe, and I might have this wrong, Derek Carr around 30 yards passing in the second half, okay? You can't have that from your quarterback. You can't have that from your offensive play caller, i.e. the head coach, and expect to win. You just can't do it in the modern NFL. You can't run the ball. They didn't even run the ball effectively in the second half either, even though Josh Jacobs had a nice start. Not his fault, but it's just... It's it's I can see for a fan it would be infuriating to see your team dominate so completely in one half and then come out in the second half and look like it was invasion of the body snatchers and somebody else is there now. Yeah, you know the, the Raiders had. Go go ahead, Murph. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, if I'm not mistaken, all of the Arizona DBs, since one of them, allowed for over a hundred passer rating. Yes. Like. Every single one of them. And Derek Carr could only move the ball for three. After, like, 
Talk about prop bets. Derek Carr's over was 277 yards today. I thought he was going to whiz by that number. Nope, 251 yards. And yep. 30 of them came in the freaking second half. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, Murph, listen, man, uh, we wish we were speaking to you on uh, on a better night when the Raiders did more for you as you're traveling. But we certainly appreciate you checking in. We want to let you go before we go to our break uh, and wish you safe travels, my friend. And also, uh, yeah, you, you might want to nurse a nightcap uh, to get over that if you're not driving so that uh, so it'll make the morning a little better, my friend. Yeah, we're going to hammer down straight to the bar now. That's, that's, that's certainly for sure. But, hey, I appreciate you guys having me. appreciate you letting me check in. It's truly the voice of the fan today because it's only my voice. And uh, But I'll be checking in with you next week as the Raiders will get a better outcome uh, as they come to Nashville. And we'll yes. be, uh, I'll be checking in with you live from Nissan Stadium. So look forward to that. Yes, you'll, they'll be in your backyard. And I think you're going to bring them some luck. So so let's let's hope that happens. All right, Murph, take care. Be well. All right, see you guys. All right, there you go. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with the voice of the fan, uh, which is not a nice voice tonight. It's a very angry voice. Uh, Evan, I was shocked at his comments about Derek Carr. Um, I, I think, though, that even people who really like Derek Carr, you can't you can't avoid that now in um, um, six of the eight quarters he's played in this this season have not been good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to start hearing that chatter. Go on Raiders Twitter right now. I, get, I haven't checked myself yet, but I guarantee you're starting to hear that chatter. Was Derek Carr, you know, should they have extended him? Is, you know, should they be paying him all this money? He's not the guy. We told, you know, you're going to start seeing that. Here, here comes all the divisiveness. It's week two and it's already going to begin. I, I, I do think he's a big part of the problem, but I think his play caller has got to do a better job at helping him out. I really do. I really do. Um, you know, Carr hasn't done, uh, you know, with the turnovers in week one and, you know, didn't take command in the second half and, and make some plays. But I, I do think the play caller has got to put him in some better spots. No question. Listen, the, it's it, they're, they're complete team losses, and that goes to the coaching staff too. I can't believe that this team with the offensive weapons they have came out in the second half with that game plan. Okay. I don't care how much of a genius Josh McDaniels is. He looked like a kindergartner trying to do trig tonight, trigonometry. He could not figure it out. And as the, as yeah. the, as the third quarter moved on, he didn't adjust. Cliff Kingsbury, he doesn't earn a lot of respect as a head coach around the NFL. Let's face it, even amongst Cardinal fans, even though he just got an extension. This guy... Has only been in pro football for two years. Yes, he came from a college program. Okay, so you know how that story goes. Here's Josh McDaniels, Mr. Six Rings. I'm a brilliant offensive mind, worked for Bill Belichick. Can't figure out the Arizona Cardinals in the second half at home. I, I don't know how else to say it. It is the most complete failure. I've listen, I've only covered the Raiders for five <clears throat> years. So for, for those of you who are fans in Raider Nation, I know you've been through a lot more pain than I ever have seen. Okay, I get it. But this is incredible. I saw some bad losses with Jack Del Rio. I saw some bad losses under Gruden, of course. But this one, and again, I hate, I, I don't, listen, things can change. There can always be the first time. But again, since the teams expanded to 14 teams in the playoffs in the NFL, an 0-2 team has never made the playoffs. So Josh McDaniels is off to the worst possible start a head coach with the Raiders could have. And there's no candy coating. If people want to candy coat it, go ahead. It's just not. And you know, on this show, we don't. Mo and I do not candy coat. You guys get mad at us sometimes for that. 
Somebody was commenting tonight in the first half. You still think the Colts are going to beat the Raiders? Because the Colts went to 0-2 because they look terrible today too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they could, right? So I just don't, I don't get where, where it went wrong with this offense in the second half. The play calling, you're right. Uh, the play of the quarterback, no question. And, and again, anybody who watches me and this show knows we don't bash Derek Carr. I said he was going to have a great year. So far, I've been completely wrong. He had two good quarters so far out of eight. And otherwise, he's looked lost and not really confident in what he's doing. Evan, have you noticed, too, I mean, even when he throws ball, he zipped a couple tonight, but when he's going long, he kind of floats them up there. It's, it just seems like a different dude there. And some of it is the play calling you're right. He's not, he's put, being put into situations apparently that don't work well, and I'm sure that's not great for him. But overall, I, there just seems something off, and I can't figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 play in overtime that was almost intercepted where he threw it down the middle of the field, uh, you know, it looks like some of his mechanics. Now, I'm no quarterback coach or quarterback guru at all, but he seems to be making like that throw was off like his back foot and, and you know, things like that. Mechanic wise, that can really screw things up. Um but yeah, I, I do agree. He looks to be a little bit off. I don't know if it's uh, just not fully comfortable in the system or, you know, adjusting to, I don't know, having a new receiver like Devontae Adams, trying to mix in all the talent he, he has. I think that could be a problem too, trying to spread the ball out to all these guys. You heard the criti not criticism, but you heard people questioning, did you, did you lock in on Devontae Adams too much last week? Now we see this week, he only gives him the ball two times. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot going on in his head right right now and and I yeah. think he's fe feeling some pressure with the expectations that come along with having all these weapons and a, and a great play caller I, I think he's starting to feel it a little bit he does and and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an assumption when we come back and we're gonna take a really quick break for those of you listening on the podcast when we come back we'll re-pick up the conversation here we're getting instant reaction we're talking about the Raiders epic collapse at home in their home opener they lose to the Cardinals in overtime on a fumble from Hunter Renfro, his second in overtime, 29 to 23. Uh, we'll be back. It's Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast as well. And I'm Scott Colbranson. We'll be back right after this.